Welcome back everyone to Rum and Coke with Mayuk. So Mayuk, you found out who commented on our podcast? Yes, Lisa, I did. Uh, do you want to take a guess? Mm, I think it's Ben. That was not a guess. <laughs> then what was it? That was you checking my emails. Yes, I do check your email and your phone. Ah, uh, why? Why? Why you don't check my phone? I do not. Oh come on, we should have an episode on this. Okay, so we'll uh keep that talk for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but now yes, so um the person who commented on our podcast on Apple Podcast is mm-hmm. Benjamin. Yes. Um, he's so uh, so Ben is our friend from Georgia. Yes, thank you, Ben. Thank you so much. Uh, so he lives near the DC area. He lives in he lives in Frederick, Maryland, right now. Yeah. And um, he was in an airport listening to our podcast. Are airports that boring, Lisa? That someone has to watch, or sorry, someone has to listen to our podcast? Yeah, it can get boring at times. So everyone can take a cue from Ben and uh, listen to our podcast when things get boring. Definitely, they should. They I... should listen to our podcast. I believe things get boring for everyone. Yeah. So everyone should listen to our podcast. Yes. Right now we only have one listener that is Ben. <laughs> no. Yes. We have like at least 100 uh, listeners. That is a rumor that you're trying to start. No, I've seen the statistics. Whatever. For me, Ben is the yeah. only listener I have and okay. I am going to only interact with Ben on this episode. Wow, Ben. And thank you Ben, thank you so much for uh commenting on our po- podcast and uh you know pointing out the points which you found funny. Yes. And uh we are going to send you some little gift. Yeah, a little gift, a little painting of mine. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, we are very excited for this episode today. So, Mayu, can you tell us what what is going to happen today? I am very excited because I'm talking to my buddy from high school, mm-hmm. Sai Harish. Okay. He also goes by Sai D. Mhm. Uh that's his initials. Okay. Uh so I met Sai in high school um but then we kind of lost touch. I mean, we were in touch on uh WhatsApp and text um Facebook perhaps, but then um I did not meet him after 2005. Okay. And he has been doing really interesting work. So he got um his masters in so no he went to college to study pharmaceutical sciences. Mhm. Then he went to Mississippi to get a masters. Okay. Um uh, after that um he went to Michigan to get his PhD in biostatistics. Okay. But the interesting part comes now. What? uh he started doing stand up comedy in ann arbor uh, michigan okay. and right now he is a really up and coming talent on the uh in the d washington dc area mm-hmm. so he has his own so he he has uh performed in several venues he has won awards mm-hmm. and i'm going to put his uh twitter handle and website on the episode notes mm-hmm. uh, for our listeners mm-hmm. that is ben to check out <laughs> so yeah. ben lives in the uh, frederick maryland area if yeah. sai is performing he can actually go and find out where he's performing and yeah. um, t- take a look right yeah and also i wanted to know if i could get an autograph from your friend you know uh, because he's like such a well known stand up comedian yes i'll make sure uh, sai sends you a autographed a uh, photo of his you would um, like do you want to hang like, his photo on the wall no not a, not his photograph maybe you know like one of his witty's joke like i really liked his uh, israel israel joke the joke on two two states uh, yeah. policy yes, which i found yes. was like which was really cool we, we did we did see his maybe, videos you know, we, on we could online. just take a we could make a post, poster send it to him and get a signature of his on that we and, can do that yes yeah that's a good idea yeah so uh let's get to the episode yeah. uh let's see what sai harish has to say okay stay tuned ben <laughs> stay tuned ben Hey Sai, how are you? Good, awesome. How are you doing? 
I am great and I'm so excited to do this. Uh, are we actually speaking on the phone or over the internet for the first time after 2005? I think so. Uh, I don't know. Like, did we ever speak? Did you ever speak after you got here? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so, so, so we, uh, so we met definitely for the last time in person in 2005. That was when we were graduating high school. Yeah, 14 years ago, right? 14 years ago, and maybe. Uh, maybe I spoke to you on the phone a couple of times while uh, you were down south in the US. Yeah, yeah, I was in the deep south. I was in Oxford, Mississippi. God knows doing what. But yeah, I think we spoke we, at least once. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, we, we did that. I mean, I wonder yeah. why after, after uh, I mean, 14 years we are catching up. I mean, we what were we doing until then? I mean, we were probably busy. Or I don't know, what's your take? Were we busy? Were we assholes? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I think it's just like I mean, I was uh, I was both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we both we both were busy being assholes. <laughs> yes, that's probably right. And I think you uh, at one point you sent us. Uh, I was at the WhatsApp group, right? Like you, are you still in it? Uh, the... <laughs> so you are asking as if you do not expect me to be in that WhatsApp group. I don't look. I caught up with uh, you. Remember Bhargav, right? Yes, yes. I have. In fact, I have met. I have met him while he was in New York. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so that means that's recent. That's like the last few years he's been. Here. Yes. Yes. I mean, maybe like a couple of years back. Yeah, and he was surprised. Uh, so I, I was, and I was asking him the same question, and he's like, he was surprised that I was still in the group. So I was like, okay, maybe I should not presume that you were in the group too. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, I'm, I, I am there. Uh, I okay. think that's that's the only way I am touch with. Uh, other high school friends like i mean i talk to rahul very frequently in fact i'm doing another podcast with rahul okay uh, other than that i think uh, the whatsapp group is how i'm touch uh, how i'm in touch with uh, neeraj uh, rishi Jose, sanket okay. uh, chinkal and all those fellows and that's the only way i'm touch with them so i just stay on that group it's yeah. occasionally fun occasionally not that fun <laughs> but it, it's great yeah it takes up a lot of my phone storage sometimes well so now i'm no longer well i'm on whatsapp okay and i'm sorry if <laughs> this is this is just another example of me being an asshole right so i'm on and for no, the, no, longest the, time, for the, the members of that group expect us to be this way <laughs> for the longest time i was just in that group because the memes that you guys forward are hilarious all right just... yeah yeah and then and then basically what happened is subbu got married and the meme stopped coming okay yeah <laughs> and then yeah so i was like yeah <laughs> yeah it, 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 it's it's still fun now once in a while but then uh i mean going back like in like 2003 to 2005 while we were in high school together uh you were uh, when you came the, you came to mumbai from bangalore Right. I yeah. mean, I did not know you before, before, uh, before tenth stand, before eleventh standard, to be specific. And no, I for me, you were the most hilarious guy in high school. I mean, did you, did you, did you feel that way? Did you know you were funny? I uh, well, so I think for me it was the other way around. For me, and I think for a lot of us, uh, like classmates, you were probably the most hilarious, right? Like it was, and I was, I, I was at, I was the butt of most of your jokes. So it was no. tough for me to admit. <laughs> no, I mean the the fact that the fact that you took the jokes upon yourself, <laughs> and uh, and the fact that you had great replies coming back every now and then made you really funny. Yeah, dude. I mean, I was like, so I was talking to my mom recently uh, about this whole comedy thing, and uh, she was telling me like, I think it was our twelfth uh, uh, report cards. Mm-hmm. Um, who was our class like yeah, the class teacher uh what was her she name? was uh, miss miss sudhanarayan sudhanarayan yeah she was yeah uh so apparently she had written like uh this guy's really uh witty and he's like among the i don't know what so something like that and i was like wow really <laughs> so yeah, i mean at least you got some compliment no she her it was in a negative framework she's like he's the leader of the pack which uh which like uh, pleasure, which like seeks pleasure in uh, annoying the teacher or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you do not agree with it, then that's the whole thing that she got the class wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, but it was fun though. It was a, it was a fun. I mean, I, I gotta admit, like the first few months, I think I hardly spoke. Yeah, yeah, that I, is I, right. I was, I was by far the most boring guy in class, and 
And then when I started speaking, because I pretty much, okay, so here's the thing, right? In Bangalore, you hardly speak in Hindi, right? And that, I, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And, and then I pretty much learned to speak like how you guys were speaking around me in like the first few months. And that's mm-hmm. like, like, okay, then it, it just seemed like every time I spoke, it was funny because that's the, that's the yeah. only thing I picked up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, I mean, it must have been uh, a change for you because, uh, I mean, from my side, I knew some of the guys from school, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps from middle school. And then uh, uh, you were one of the newer ones there and it was a new city for you. I mean, was it, was it hard for you? But I mean, I, in, in the end, I, I feel it was, everything was good because you were great friends with us. Yeah, everything was, you guys were, I mean, like it was an awesome time. Uh, I remember like really funny instances where I was searching for the music room for two days or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, for a few months, actually. <laughs> and it was announced to the entire uh, section, I believe. Yeah, it was announced which, to the entire... Which, which started the entire load of Sai Harish Dharmarajan. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I mean, it's a, it's a big school. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, so, so we finished high school... Um, uh, you went to Bitspilani, which is another, uh, which is a, uh, a university town, uh, if I were to compare with the US in India. Mm-hmm. And you were doing uh, pharmaceutical sciences, I believe. Yeah, you're being way too generous with university town, right? Pilani <laughs> is nothing but like, uh, okay, it's got a university in there. I mean, even university, not really. It's got like 4,000 students. It's got an institute. And it's got, in terms of town, it has got one bus stop. And two tekas. That is that's that's that is not a town. That is just like it's worse than a village. So it's basically a university town without bars, restaurants, culture, and music. Nothing. It's not. It's not a town. It's got a university and two tekas. Your only entertainment option is having chai at the bus stop and then going to the teka and drinking in the back room of the teka. That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and it's also it's also in the middle of the desert, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah, that would have been quite an experience. I mean, did it have did it have some sort of a mental effect on you? Because after that, you went straight to Mississippi. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, look, uh, I don't. It, it you get kind of used to living in uh, small towns after like it's. Mm-hmm. You just. I mean, Pilani was that, I think one of the things that one of our friends used to say that the only thing that Pilani probably prepared you for the most was you're now able to shit anywhere. Like literally you can use any public toilet. That's it. That's the, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best thing Pilani prepared you for. So, I mean, moving to Mississippi was obviously a huge change. Like, uh, you were prepared anything. you were prepared to shit on the deep south yes yes i was prepared to eat their food uh okay. is uh i think uh I, I would probably rate pilani's mess food slightly better the first first year at least when i was getting used to it in the deep south uh when i was still very much um i won't say a vegetarian but uh close to it um and yeah, I mean, like vegetarian with friends, yeah. like non-vegetarian with friends. Yes, yes, yes. So, and yeah, so it was, it was something, but there was also like, I think uh, when I went to Mississippi, the program I went to had like other people from Bates and other people from uh, Bombay. And so like, it's like, yeah, it was okay. Okay. <laughs> but I and still then... don't know why I did that. Like, I don't think like, it, it still, it's uh, perplexes me. <laughs> I see. I see. But then, uh, but then, uh, at that time in Mississippi, you were mostly into academics, right? I mean, were you doing other stuff over there? Yeah. Pr- again, uh, Oxford is a nicer. Oxford, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be you wouldn't be generous by calling Oxford a university town. Um, I think Oxford is a university town. Oxford, Mississippi. It has this one town square thing where basically undergrads are. Uh, go there and get shit-faced almost every night of the week. It's, uh, it's like it's like uh, many, many other uh, university towns in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't think so. Like, I think Ann Arbor uh, is slightly different. Well, there are nicer university towns and there are yeah. like university I mean, towns. I was, like university, I, I, I was going to take uh, the example of where I went to graduate school, Athens, Georgia. Athens, Georgia 
although it was uh, like a small university town but it was great i mean lot of great music lot of culture lot of stand up comedy uh it's it was pretty much called an oasis in the in 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 the deep south of at least georgia and alabama like yeah. a cultural oasis yeah yeah and and i think i think things started like uh you know uh, mississippi when i was there for two years like the second year i was there there was a huge uh, uh their intake of international students almost doubled from the previous oh, okay. year and so they and like the first year i was there there was really hardly any public transport like the university buses didn't go around much so if you had to go to like walmart which is like the only thing there obviously so it's you had to like get groceries and everything at walmart you had to like hitch a ride, like you had to get a ride from someone else that you knew and, okay uh, okay but yeah, yeah i think started improving and i think oxford now is probably like changed it's, much more than what it used to be yeah yeah and then so you escaped the heat and humidity uh possibly lynching maybe i don't know and then you you went to michigan right? <laughs> that's a scary part in terms of lynching dude like there was this incident that happened in jackson mississippi when i was there uh, in okay. oxford uh okay no just okay let's take that back so the first mm-hmm. month i was there and i think i made a facebook post about it and i recently went and revisited there mm-hmm. was a song uh so they call this the, the dixie song right and they sing this dixie song during the uh, rebels games and they were used to i think they still call the rebels the mississippi football team's games right okay okay Now, i think uh so because of its you know slightly controversial history and i don't know about this but it has a history right uh mm-hmm. the the provost or whatever like the athletic director said you guys can't sing that dixie song anymore and okay. immediately the kkk said they would protest that ruling by uh doing a silent protest by doing a silent march across campus and i was like this is the kkk like they they are obviously <laughs> a terrorist outfit like how are they even allowed to exist and then that was that was i mean that was pretty extreme right i mean uh i did not i did not have to witness any kind of uh, event like this in athens georgia i mean yeah. although georgia i mean i like uh, broadly culturally speaking mississippi and georgia are similar yeah but then yeah. the fact that athens georgia is like a democratic dot in the entire red georgia yeah yeah uh, although the uh, bulldogs fans come from all over the south and mostly georgia uh nothing of that that sort of has happened so i'm i'm it's really new to me so yeah i mean go ahead yeah so i and i was shocked and i was asking my you know i i was asking my professors and everything about it and they're like yeah they they can do a silent protest like they can't be armed or anything uh and i don't i still maybe i should check up on this i don't know if the like the designation of the kkk as a terrorist group changes by state i don't know about that but apparently they can do a protest they can do a silent march across campus and they i didn't go for it right i was like, like, to go like, for it <laughs> so this is probably i don't know like uh, uh like i didn't go attend it i mean yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a freedom of speech kind of thing over there yeah 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 so i i was shocked like i made like i was like dude really this is what is happening here was a weird cultural yeah. awakening of sort it is and then and then uh, after that your next step was uh, going for graduate school uh, to get a phd in michigan no no i uh, i went to uh, i i worked at this company called acumen at uh, burlingame california oh okay so you were in california before that i see i see yeah okay. i was there for like 7 uh, or 8 months and uh, i possibly knew that like within 3 months that i was not going to stay there for longer uh, i see but i took my time in telling them so i mean yeah it's, <laughs> it was okay. it was probably it was the right call um yeah okay okay all right so we are going to take a fake break right now and uh come back with some more conversation all right so sai uh, you went uh, after your brief stint in california you went to uh michigan to get your phd and what was it? it it was biostatistics i believe yeah it is biostatistics okay okay and then uh, uh and that is where you uh got inspired by stand up comedy or that's where you know comedy hit you st- or or basically the concept of st- stand up comedy hit you that's what it happened well yeah i mean till then i was just watching stand up videos and uh i don't know i mean you always fancy yourself 
I, and I, ha- I remember having these conversations with friends, you know, like, like you think like with stand up comedy, you, you watch it and it's like, ah, oh, I can do that. Right. Like it's not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you don't watch some like magician and say you can do that or, you know, like even a guitar player and you can say, but yeah, but stand up comedy was always there. And uh, I think a, a very good friend of mine, uh, Vivek, shout out to Vivek. Uh, mm-hmm. He um, he started doing stand up in he was in Ohio State, right? Okay. And Ohio State is this yeah this whole Big Ten rivalry and all that shit. But yeah. and he was like, well, yeah, I just went up and signed up for this uh, open mic thing, and it's it's fun. And I think a year later or so, and I was this at this point, I was just like, it's just it's one of those points in your you know whole grad school thing where you just frustrated with the pace at which things are going right like and i was desperately looking for some kind of i I don't know what but i know yeah i mean yeah i mean just sticking to that point i mean do you really believe that grad students like us are really busy uh i mean i always hear grad students saying oh uh, we are so busy with research we are so busy with grad school (laughs) i mean yes once in a while you are writing we are working on a paper Probably your defense is coming up. You are really busy uh, preparing mm-hmm. for a conference. But I mean, there are huge chunks of time when you are actually not busy and you could do a lot of things, right? I mean, I felt that way. I, I agree. And uh, but this is not I, I, I don't want it to be like a knock on like students who are actually, you know, occupied all the time because they have. Yeah, I mean, a so, so, lot of them are. Yes. I mean, yeah. I only speak for myself. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are. Yes, but if you do it correctly and correctly within quotes here, then you yeah you probably have like uh, moments where like weeks where you like working ten hours a day or and weeks where you're just working two hours a day. Right? Like it's not it's not much. So I mean, I mean, how was how was it for you? I mean, were you? Uh, I mean, did you have time in grad school to do other stuff? I like before think... before before diving into comedy. Um. Yeah, but I I didn't really. Th- uh, well, I think I did. Uh, I started some kind of a blog. I think I had uh, okay, okay, or four entries into that. It was like all. So yeah, I I would like to say that I got into cricket analytics much before all these young kids are doing now. <laughs> oh, okay. So you you did have a head start with data science. That's the word right now. Data science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a whole buzzword now. Um, which is kind of. Yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, it's just statistics and like, if you can code, you call it data science. Like, if so you did you, did you, did you do any specific work on the Duckworth Lewis system? Did you try to understand it better? I did try to understand it better. I read a lot. I read a few papers, but to do work on it seemed uh, kind of futile, really, because uh, I don't know. I, I think like the idea here with the Duckworth Lewis system is like you want to predict uh, what they would score if there mm-hmm. was no rain right and like over by over you want to see how well they're doing against that prediction and then mm-hmm. you so it's some kind of like uh the idea is it's um it's almost like predicting death right Look, it's like um you you assume an exponential curve or a gompertz curve or whatever they call it and yes i understand all of it <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i'm sorry but this is uh this is the only level at which i can explain to you right now but okay okay and and, and i even saw this guy um uh, what's it was it stern it was stern right so the duckworth lewis, lewis stern yeah. yes 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 duckworth lewis stern is the that, that that's a revised method i guess yeah yeah it's a revised method mm-hmm. and and he was giving a talk at the uh, joint statistical meetings in 2000 17 yes 2017 so i went to his talk and it's very simplistic like it's a formula and you just plug it in right and it's not like he doesn't do things like he doesn't try to model it correctly or something he has this tons of data and he just like this formula fits the best and this is what we can do from it and a lot of people have claimed that they can do better things and one of the things and i was looking at it is too instead of look looking at what their predicted score ought to be you can look at uh if the wind probability is conserved right like if mm-hmm. but then the wind probability is just very highly variable right? it's like so duckworth lewis is i mean okay 
so it's it, okay i i think we can let's 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 talk about that later on <laughs> it's, a, it, it, yeah, it's yeah it's frustrating because it can be improved upon but okay. it requires like i mean it's so it's also the availability of data i think with some uh, more, as more and more data becomes available i'm pretty sure there'll be a better method or at least an alternative method uh i don't know if you remember like at some point uh, they had uh, they had all these uh wind probability predictions they call it wasp or something and this guys from uh, new zealand came up with it and they did dynamic programming which tells you like okay these guys scored 280 and these guys are 28 for no loss at 5 overs what is their wind probability and then it goes on so the idea one way of approaching the rain thing is that well let's try and conserve the wind probabilities so mm-hmm. like if rain comes in we look at the wind probabilities and based on what their win probabilities is we say okay you need to score this much in uh 40 overs instead of 50 overs which and, is, and yeah. then i guess if that was to be implied um, bcc would have a section for their variable where <laughs> you know whatever happens india wins the match yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> like the big three will win the matches no matter what <laughs> yeah 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 exactly <laughs> so yeah uh i mean that was a good that was a good insight into what you were doing aside from your regular research which is great yeah. to hear and yeah. so so describe to me let's say you signed up for a open mic thing uh in yeah. michigan in 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 ann arbor and how was how was it like for the first time i mean did you did you get a lot of claps or did you bomb were you nervous oh uh, so there's this place called and this is this is another thing right so i I first signed up for uh, this comedy club in uh, not comedy club like this is a student uh, organization right they call the Roll Raffle comedy Roll Roll Raffle instead this is what they call themselves they're very creative um, okay but, okay and this is were, this, this is in the University of Michigan student yeah, body yeah 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 in this and they meet like twice once a week and So it was in that encouraging atmosphere is when I started so the first time I went I was in front of in the inner classroom in front of a bunch of other okay. university okay. students so and then I did that for like a semester uh, I went up there like a week every week tried to write some stuff and then mm-hmm. eventually towards the end of the semester um before the Lowell Raffle end of the semester showcase um I went to the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase's open mic night and they have an open mic night every wednesday right and okay. and it's a proper comedy club and it's i think a lot of people a lot of comedians in michigan have told me and i i haven't been to others so i'll go by what they say they say that it's probably the best comedy club in michigan oh um, okay yeah, in terms of like you know the uh the acts that come there and also you know the the way the club is handled and it's it's been there around since 1980s so uh, i see that 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 must be a i mean a, a very relevant platform for yeah, what you describe yeah it is and and the best thing is like the first time you call uh the guy puts like the producer puts you on and uh he like the first open mic you sign up for it's usually supposed to, that's how all these open mics work it's usually a lottery right like you yeah, call yeah. him and, exactly uh, so they, he picks your name the, the first time you call and so i went up there and i probably ran the light which is which is kind of pretty much so the running the light thing is like so i mean you, yeah you go more than what you're supposed to do like it's like i think okay. you have 5 minutes you have 5 minutes right and yeah. at 4 minutes the light kind of like starts it it's on and at 5 oh, minutes okay yeah so at you minutes ex- it exceeded the time light time yes. Uh, time limit yes yes ah okay 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 yeah. okay and I probably did that like for a few seconds without realizing it. Um so it was it was it, it was par for course that's my point it was par for course for any first time was experience at the Anava Comedy Showcase. I got okay. a few chuckles I would say. Um mm-hmm. but that was good and then I came back and I think the next week was something was the Lowell Raffle uh and shout out here to like uh the first few presidents of uh the Lowell Raffle Club when I joined it was like Mike Flynn, Joe Payne, uh Brody Blair whatever so anyways they're not going to listen to this podcast but I'm shouting them out anyways so they, I I I have a very big <laughs> like in my mind I have a very wide range of audiences cool. uh, right right now Ben is the only guy who listens I'll okay. tell you later who Ben is but <laughs> but but then okay. but I know that Ben is the only listener so this okay. entire episode is being recorded for Ben 
Okay, cool. cool. We have to keep that in mind. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So before we come back to comedy, let me just tell you that. Uh, 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 you, let me just remind you. That, I mean, of course. Let me remind myself that you, after graduating in from uh, from Michigan, you went to work for uh, U.S. Or you are working for the U.S. government right now. Yeah, I'm working for the FDA. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. uh uh where will you be able to tell me the difference between usda prime beef and usda choice beef oh but i work for the fda you got the usda confused with the fda but are aren't they related somehow no they're not the fda is the food and drug administration the usda is the us department of agriculture i think they're uh, but- also the us department of agriculture is uh, is one of the cabinet divisions by itself uh okay. fda comes under uh dhhs which is the D- department of uh, health and human security i mean you I mean, are the wait, only wait, one no 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 wait, wait, yeah. wait health and human services okay health okay. and okay i mean i haven't i mean uh, i have so i have done the worst thing i have not asked the butcher but <laughs> i have asked everyone else and no one is able to tell me the difference they they only tell me one is expensive than the other but uh, uh, you are probably the closest person associated with either of do either of these two bodies that i know personally and uh, i don't know i'll next time i'll try the butcher let's see okay. what he says well i i wouldn't i, I want to say that uh, they might have differences uh, but there's definitely one similarity between both of them it's that if you eat if you eat either and the indian government's listening right now you'd probably get lynched mayuk i know i know i mean i so so if that is the case you know i i i can also claim refugee status here <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice well played I mean, I, if 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 i if i am being persecuted by the indian government i can claim that you state is right yeah. so it's everything is in the plan you know everything is set up yeah that's nice. so that's why ben is the only one listening <laughs> no one else cool. yeah so, yeah so uh i mean it has been a really interesting ride from my perspective you went to mississippi from to michigan you were working with the fda and you are really a very interesting uh, up and coming uh, comic in the dc area did you did you ever have a role model for uh, doing all- well so that's uh so i like i said i got really encouraged by the fact that my good friend vivek started doing it Okay. Um and then I had another friend of mine uh another good friend of mine in California Dewaker he started okay. doing improv um so and and also you know like you start so one of the first things that was really encouraging in terms of stand up I watched was mm-hmm. uh do you know who Hari Kondabolu is I have heard the name uh but i not I, i'm not very familiar with i'm just getting into knowing the uh stand up comedy scene over here i mean i know uh things that come on tv but not not the uh finer details of the art over here okay cool so hari kondabolu was like one of the first stand up like all, there are all these people like all these stand up uh, uh comics called conan or those late night shows and stuff like that right yes yes oh. i think i think i think i have heard the name in conan's podcast conan wants to be a friend Oh okay cool mm-hmm. so yeah hari's uh set on conan in 2014 mm-hmm. or something okay uh, i rem- and- i remember i think i have heard hari's i think i have heard hari's uh, uh sets on youtube if not if not uh netflix yes i know who he is yeah so those kind of jokes i hadn't heard before like i didn't know that you could make fun of the colonizers frankly so mm-hmm. and you could make fun of the queen or some shit like i i knew you could but i was not seeing anyone do it and that's kind of nice for me like you know it's like and and i don't know um like he there was also yeah. the the show with w kamal bell uh where was it it was this short lived show and hari talks about how the spelling b is the indian super bowl and stuff like so it, <laughs> yeah yeah he, Hari Kondabolu is probably, uh, in terms of inspiration levels, uh, mm-hmm. in, in mainstream comedians, is probably right up there for me. Um, uh, apart from him, Aparna Nancharla, of course, she's extremely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and always, like, I mean, I can't, I, I, I would never get to his level. Uh, I would never get to any of these guys' levels. But of course, Dave Chappelle. Every time you watch him, it's just, it's genius. And uh- I think I think you're just being very modest over here. 
one <laughs> and two uh, uh i am already in awe of you because uh you could be an example for uh, alternative career for scientists <laughs> because right now it is a big thing in the academia world right now uh, yeah. if you are not continuing in academia then whatever you are doing is called alternative career so i mean you here you are you have taken it to the extreme uh i'm trying <laughs> i go no, no. out and it's it's hard like that's the other thing about stand up it's not it's not just going out there and being funny it's a lot of other things like with any other profession like there's a lot of uh, any other profession in art there's a lot of hustle there's a lot of things you have to do like you have to mm-hmm. maybe start your own show or start your own podcast or like something like that like you have to differentiate yourself from the multitude out there it's and it's impossible almost to make it right yeah that's it's it is it is a tricky and uh, journey and there is a struggle involved right yeah 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 exactly all right so uh, we'll take we'll pretend to take a break again because uh, we don't have any sponsors and listeners except ben so uh, <laughs> this is just um, me pretending that it is something relevant that i can do okay cool All right so sai moving on uh i haven't seen you perform live but mm-hmm. uh, i i have seen your videos on uh youtube and your website mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and you are extremely good uh what i saw that um uh, so yeah uh you do, you have won an award f- uh, for improv puns right you do you have you have some award there oh yeah so there is this uh, dc improv that says uh, pun he calls it pun dmv it's a pun competition and okay. i think there are like two formats the first, the one uh, i got first place in in january was uh in uh, the freestyle format and the freestyle format is basically you pick a topic and you make puns on it and it's got to be like it can't just be disjointed puns but it's got to come down to like a story or whatever yes, exactly so that yeah. is what i was coming to so mm-hmm. in your videos i noticed that uh, puns are a big uh, a theme in your set Mm-hmm. but eventually your message is about uh, politics or ethnicity so mm-hmm. i mean is this your style uh i mean that you are trying to develop or uh, i mean is it like part of something else yeah and i i've gotten this kind of question before and like it's like uh, some people have asked me how you trying to being a uh, you trying to be an international comedian and i i don't do it consciously but if you listen to mostly just npr and write jokes based off of that then yeah that's what it comes out to be uh and also it's i think it's like you, you try and relate to the audience right and sometimes um talking about what's happening in the news is a way to relate to it mm-hmm. and and the way you process it is different like for me these making puns are amazing like puns are for some people the lowest form of humor and they'll stay away from it but for me puns are amazing is they they fun yeah. to do with the language i mean i mean and and isn't 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 uh some kind of puns the things we used to laugh when we were kids yeah, you know totally. we, were, we were in a classroom and uh someone says this someone said that and then everybody yeah, yeah. ah this could mean that whatever so i mean we have always uh, so i'm not saying that you are targeting kids with yeah. your jokes but then you know it is something that we all have yeah uh, so it's nothing i mean as long as people are laughing and you have a message yeah. and you are enjoying yourself on the stage yes uh, as long as you are probably trying to punch above yeah uh, i mean uh, it's 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 a great it's a great thing yeah and it's it's like having fun on stage being comfortable with yourself is what really counts and mm-hmm. i don't care if you don't like my silly puns uh, i love them <laughs> yeah yeah i mean exactly i mean your audience will adapt to your thing yeah. uh, as and when you evolve and as yes. as and when you get better right yes yes but it's, so, it, yeah mm-hmm. it's, it, bottom line is it just like comfortable and what i can relate to people with okay yeah exactly so um as far as writing goes i mean do you have a method of writing i mean are you very observing uh, for example you go out to get coffee in the morning are you observing uh, i mean how does your how does your writing work uh to be honest with you writing for me is just so far at least at this stage has been i've mostly waited for inspiration to strike 
um there are certain times where i like really want to write a joke about a topic and then like i'm able to write one um but i don't try and i and this is where i need to get better at uh, i mm-hmm. do not you know try and give like a, a dedicate a certain time limit in a day to write jokes um okay and and yeah and and so far it's just been like very much uh whatever whenever inspiration is struck or if i come across something and i think it can be something i can try out on stage and then of course obviously you think of something you write it down and you go maybe i put it on twitter or and mm-hmm. or i i just go and say it on stage or on an open mic and then i see the response and then i based on that i calibrate it i mean and then and part of it has to do be do with that you do have a day job that takes yeah. up you know most of your attention in the daytime yeah. yeah. and you can only wait for uh, well at least at least most part of the day you can wait for inspiration to strike you you write it down yes. or keep it in your memory that's yeah. how that that's how you roll yeah 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 the, like that is the the famous mitch hedberg joke right uh, which is that if he he has to write it down whenever he thinks of something funny but if he thinks of something funny and his pen and paper are way too far away he has to convince himself that it's not funny so <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty much the same here um but of course i'm not as prolific as mr hedberg uh but it, it's it, it's i would say like when i was in anapa uh and i i knew that i was going up every tuesday or every wednesday like towards the end like the last 6 months there was also a tuesday show uh mm-hmm. shout out tony klee who's also tony klee Yes. <laughs> and uh and, and so then I I wanted to at least do one or two new jokes every week. So every Tuesday and Wednesday I wanted to do one or two new jokes and yeah. so I would at least like if I didn't have anything by Monday the least I would do is I would try to randomize the order of how I tell my jokes or like one of mm-hmm. the things I wrote down early on uh, when I was writing a lot more um when I was initially trying to break in like start doing like stand up uh you write a lot then right because you obviously are scared like okay this one's not going to work that's not going to work so yeah. uh yeah so i try to do at least that so at least every week you try to get a new joke and that's how it goes about and then uh so there is one part of writing the joke and the other part is performing it on stage um of course you'll get better as you do more uh shows on the stage but is there any way else that um uh you you get to practice or you get to get better like without uh being on the stage but the performance part also you this is uh, and if you're hanging out with friends that's mm-hmm. like the perfect time to like if you think of something you have to say that and you see what gauge what the response is going to be um but sometimes like if you, you no know, sometimes testing jokes on friends give you a false sense of confidence <laughs> but uh, that's true that's yeah. that's true and i can say my uh, comic career went down before it started and that could be a reason i guess <laughs> why would you say that <laughs> no 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 yeah uh, i mean i mean i don't know i mean a lot of a lot of my great friends uh have told me that i have a good sense of humor but but sincerely i don't feel that when until until i feel that way i cannot go ahead and do anything yeah but i mean it's just a rush like and that's the other thing right i think some of us are uh and I, I, there must be some research to it there's some of us who, who are prone to addictive behavior right mm-hmm. and going up on stage is a kind of an addictive behavior like it's not it's there's a certain amount of rush that you get whenever you make a bunch of people laugh exactly and exactly and seeking yeah, the yeah. same rush again and again and again and so yeah. if you i mean get, it has to be it has to be i mean it has to be bigger than what you get when you are doing it with your friends right because um here you have a circle who know you and probably get your puns or probably know the context beforehand mm-hmm. on the other hand you go up on stage and strangers are enjoying your bit i mean that has to be a completely different and greater rush yeah and over time uh frankly like when you make strangers laugh it's more of a rush and sometimes you're even uh you become more adept at doing that than making your friends laugh really like it's mm. a, a, yeah a, Yeah you find that an easier task 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I, I can, I can believe that. I mean, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to see. Let's see. Let's. I'm getting some inspiration. Let's see where it goes. Maybe, maybe doing stand up also leads to a degradation of like day to day social skills, which is what is at play here. But I don't know about that. I mean, so does, so does sitting in an empty room with lights off and doing a podcast. No, but that's not true. Though. That's <laughs> what you're expected to do, right? Like you, you're supposed to go home and talk to your one or two friends or whatever. Like uh, podcast, obviously, maybe I don't know because you're talking to a whole <laughs> diverse group of people but like everyday social skills requires you to you know when you say someone when you see someone's like hey how are you what's up like you can't even say what's up like you gotta yeah. be like hey uh how's it going good how are you like all that daily interactions i think mm-hmm. they really take a toll on people and make yeah. them look creative like just I don't I know. Mean, There's got to be some when, when when I am in an elevator and <laughs> it's like okay, first floor, second floor, and by third floor, I am I am not comfortable. And <laughs> I, I think someone expects me to say something, but I just cannot say anything. Yeah, I me neither. I just can't. Like it is. I would. Uh, yeah, I I just look askance and I don't want to make eye contact because I don't want to say those things that I'm supposed to say. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So has it, I mean, has it, has it happened to you in your uh, early days that uh, you have been heckled on the stage uh, when your things were not working? That, I mean, has it happened? No, I don't know why, but I've not been aggressively heckled. Um, okay, so, so you worst, were really yeah. good. No, no, or, not that. Or you, you, you were performing in front of a, uh, I mean, audience that was not that kind of. Yeah, but and it also goes with your, I think, on stage persona where, like, if you're someone who's loud and who's, um, or, you know, who gives off this image of their act is, 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 uh, uh, okay, is okay, like, okay. like, is a person who, who's loud and, you know, it's like, uh, he's, he's kind of talks down to people. Then mm-hmm. if you're, if you're not having a good night, then the audience heckles you. But the other way, like, if you just, like, I think some people have told me that I have a likable personality on stage. Like, like um, if you, you are laid back. I mean, I can see that. I mean, I have seen in your videos, you are laid back, right? And kind of, kind of, I mean, it's easy to like you while you are on stage. Yes. I, I, and I don't want to come out as, you know, uh, talking down to people. Like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be extra confident too. Like, I think sometimes the lack of confidence mm-hmm. uh, in my body language helps to be likable. Uh, but I might be wrong about that. Um, it, it comes it comes across as an act yeah 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 it comes across as someone you want to cheer for right um so i'm I, i'm i'm going i'm very much going for that and so even the heckles are usually like you know like the worst thing that could happen to me is someone just the entire audience not listening to me and mm-hmm. that is not well i mean if you've ever been in a relationship not listening should not like not being listened to should not get to you right no, i so, am I, i'm still learning that yeah <laughs> I'm getting better at it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and then, <clears throat> yeah so. It was a uh, lot of great insight, man. But uh, one thing that uh, is, uh, is pretty close to me and I want to ask you that is uh, over the last few years, um, I have been observing um, kind of a, a revolution in the comedic scene in India, mm-hmm. right? Uh, do you do you do you track do you track that i mean uh uh do you follow stand up comedy in india by any chance uh yeah i do and i even saw um i i saw that amazon um uh, prime series where they were looking for the next ah okay okay yeah and okay. that was kind of average uh i thought like and i we honestly i did not find it very funny i mean individually the people involved in the show i have found them funny once in a while mm-hmm. uh but while when they were together judging that show uh it did not work for me yeah it didn't and i was uh i was disappointed with some of their like i, I mean i wasn't i wouldn't say disappointed but uh like so some people i have like i did uh one or two open mics in chennai uh like not so long ago two years ago and i met that uh guy from chennai arnav and he's pretty he's pretty funny he's very funny and he's okay. been added for like of quite a few quite a long time um pretty good that's um, good to know. that's good to know. so so you have been uh, so you do uh, you are aware of the uh, comedy scene in india and i think it's a great change yeah. in the sense it is coming up it's it's really positive i mean yeah. i look forward to comedians from india yes uh, 
uh, I mean, not in our context where we are performing here, but then, you know, just uh, some elements of comedy that could be related by uh, the urban India crowd or even, you know, uh, uh, the heartland India crowd. So that is, I mean, I, I, I really like that. I enjoy that. Yeah. And I too, like for, for me, uh, and this was also, I think when, when did, uh, you know, Biswa Kalyan, right? you, you're familiar yes. with this. Yes. So, he is funny. I like him. I like that guy. Yeah. Th- I think Biswa has got one of the most unique voices uh, of all uh, of the crop of stand-up comedians who are currently. Absolutely. Ab- absolutely. And, yes. and his videos, initial videos about, you know, uh, the first few videos he put out on YouTube, those yes. were extremely hilarious. Like, I don't. Like the one uh, where you're uh, talking about the banana and the bachelor thing, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And uh, I think before that, he and uh, uh, and uh, uh, Kanan Gill, uh, they used to do a movie review thing. Yeah. Right, right, on, yeah. on YouTube. It was, uh, I mean, I found that good. It was good. So, yeah, and uh, I mean, I really look forward to keeping in touch with you, man. Uh, it has been really great. Okay. Uh, I would love to know what you think of my uh, writing when I send them to you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, so, and, and yes, I, I must say that uh, this is an amazing endeavor. Keep at it. Uh, yeah. Podcast is pretty awesome medium, I guess. And dude, yeah. you like you got the skill set for it. Like you ask the questions. You're very knowledgeable. Um, yes. So, so <laughs> yes. So you yes. can pretty much talk to anybody. Thanks um, for telling me. You know that. Ben knows that. And I hope more people will know that. Yeah. And yeah, you're funny. And and please go try out some open mics. I am going to do that. Now that you uh, inspired me a little bit more, I think that was something which was required. And I, I'm going to try that out. Let's see what happens. Okay. Yeah. All right, Sai. And it was amazing talking to you after so many years. Uh, I'm sure we are going to keep in touch after this. And I look forward to... Uh, more of your shows uh, coming up and I hope to I hope to be in the audience when you are performing sure I'll let you know if I'm in the area that you're in and I'm doing the show amazing man amazing thank you so much I had a great time I had an awesome time thanks